So we're going to look at Psalms and Proverbs. The, the first one we're going to look at is uh, Psalms. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I think that we need to look at first is the title. I've always kind of wondered why there's a, a P in front of Psalms or whatever. I don't know if anybody's ever questioned that, but it always tripped me up for a long time um, that there was there. Originally, the in the Hebrew, uh, there's a different word there than Psalms, and I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. But and then in the Greek Septuagint, they renamed the Psalms, uh, and it's a, it's a very similar word to Psalms, but it, it's uh, the, the literal meaning is songs of a, uh, to the accompaniment of stringed instruments, which I thought was really interesting. Has anybody ever been to a church where they only sing Psalms with with no instruments, and they like that's the I think, I think my mother has, and I think I've been to the same church that she has. <laughs> um, so anyway, I just thought that was kind of a, an interesting uh, kind of aspect of it. Uh, there are multiple authors throughout um, throughout the Book of Psalms. David is is the is the main author. Uh, there's there's seventy three that he has has written or ascribed to him in, in the titles there. Asaph has 12, uh, Sons of Korah, Solomon, and then we get down uh, in there. And, and there's 50 anonymous, uh, so that means that you know there's 50 that, that aren't really accredited to anybody. But if you start reading throughout the Bible, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, and such, you'll, you'll start to see where uh, they're, they're, David is being credited with writing Psalm 2. And you know, there's people that look in and say, okay, well, that, this is you know, similar styles and all that. So... Um, while David is, is accredited with 73, most would say that he's, he's, um, he wrote more than that. Um, so, um, <clears throat> the, uh, I think that's it. Um, when we look at the time period, it's really interesting how wide of a, of a time period uh, the Psalms start. So we have the oldest, which is, uh, was written in 1400 BC, and I believe that was by Moses, and that's in Psalm 90. And then the, the newest, or the, the freshest of the Psalms was written in 500 B.C. Um, in, a, in a completely different season and time in the life of, of God's people. Uh, so there's, there's a huge kind of gamut there of, hey, um, who, who wrote this, the time period, what's going on in it. Uh, and I think that helps us kind of understand the purpose and, and what's in it. But if we look... Um, in here as well, there are titles uh, that you'll see or little transcriptions in the beginning of each of the psalms. Um, those have been there for a really long time. Uh, they have you know te technical uh, designations. Some of them even refer to like the different like to this tune and to these different things. And some of the tunes we can kind of figure out, but other ones we have no clue on. Um, but those are not actually inspired. Like those are kind of like the the headings or the titles that you have. Uh, if you were to pick up the ESB Bible and go to the New Testament, and would say, you know, like, um, whatever, these different um, type of titles. So those are not inspired, but they've, they've been in there for a really long time to help uh, with those distinctions, and they're, they're helpful, uh, and so they're, they're good in that. Um, <coughs> when we start looking at organization, um, there's, it's, it's pretty easy to, to understand that there are five uh, divisions, because there's five books, uh, and those books are are laid out there, and you can read them on your handout with a magnifying glass. But um, they're they're split up there, uh, and so there's there's a question that kind of comes: Why on earth would you? Uh, why on earth did the Lord choose five books? Um, 
why not seven, why not 40? Uh, and so I'm gonna pose the question because you can't read on your hand, handout. Why do you think that there are five, five books? I mean, you could say because God wanted it that way, but I, there's um, one of the guys that we've had come and do some men's things, and he also has taught on the Psalms, is um, uh, Mark Futato, uh, and he his his reasoning for it, and I think is a sound one that I would stick with. This is an ancient Jewish tradition points us in the right direction, connecting the five books of the Psalms with the five books of Moses, as Moses gave five books of of the law to Israel, so David gave five books of the Psalms to Israel. <coughs> so I thought that was kind of an interesting tie in there um, of, hey, this is this might be why we have the five books. Uh, I don't think that you should make any really strong theological <coughs> conclusions with that, but... Uh, so this is not a modern day division, this goes back to... Yeah, so that's, that's, that's no, been no, from the, the original writings of them um, in, in them. So... Uh, and there are some, some questions of when they were assembled and when they were put in those different ones, um, but that's, that's the general understanding of them. Uh, so one of the big questions that would come up is, <coughs> what's the purpose of the Psalms? Why, why on earth is there this, this huge chunk of wisdom literature in the center of our Bible that is titled the Psalms? Uh, and if we spent some time, there would be a lot of different people that would have a lot of different answers, but I think the, the answer from the Lord is found in the first um, Psalm 1, which is at the beginning. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. Uh, and when we think of that, um, or, uh, to us, we think, you know, delight in the law of the Lord, like we're delighting in the, in the Ten Commandments. Like, how does this work out? But if we, Mark Furtado opens that up a little bit more, uh, in that uh, it's also translated delight in the instruction of the Lord. <coughs> and so there is there's an aspect, and when we look at the Psalms, uh, there are a, a tremendous amount of emotions that go into each one of the Psalms. If you are in a, in a season of life where you feel like you're being oppressed, uh, there that is in there. If you feel like you, there is a loss of life, or there is a loss of life not feeling that way, you can go there. Um, and in that, you'll find the instruction of the Lord. There's, there's this idea where you can go in the Psalms and you can find uh, comfort in someone else having been there and um, in that seeing how the Lord is, is going to show you uh, himself in it. Uh, and so there's, there's a, a tremendous kind of purpose there uh, and understanding of that. I think this is also Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 give us the lens in which we interpret the rest of the Psalms. Um, one of the things I think we oftentimes in our current culture is we open up the book of Psalms uh, and we just kind of flip through and say, oh, this one looks great, and then we just read it. And we say, okay, how do I apply this to my life or what kind of cultural context was going on in there and, and whatever. But there is, there is an opening, like the, the Psalms is, is a book in it within itself, but in it, Psalm 1 and 2 are the, are the kind of the lens or the opening chapter. And so if you were to pick up a, a chapter book and just open it and you didn't read the first book or two or the first chapter or two, it'd be very confusing if you didn't know the characters, if you didn't know the purpose of it, but you're trying to figure that out as you were reading um, a random chapter within it. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So as we continue on, uh, one of the next questions that we would look at is what is the message of the Psalms? Uh, if we look at Psalm 2, 
it, it answers so um, that, and that is that the Lord reigns. Uh, and so <coughs> we, we've just talked about, um, gone the, through the survey of the Bible, and uh, one of the, the things as we are on our last ones, we, we continue to see and experience uh, and can kind of put ourselves in the thought of as, as God's people were exiled, one of the big things that they continue to see over and over again is they put their faith and their trust in the temple. You know, the temple's this. You know, because the temple's here, because of this. Well, one of the, the things that we didn't cover a whole lot is what else did they lose when they were brought into exile? The temple was a big thing, but there was, there was another um, big, big thing that they lost when they were conquered as a people. Can you all think of what it is and make you use your heads a little bit? The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark. So that's all kind of like within the, the temple aspect. There was some silence in there. His presence, but also particularly their king, King David, was like the, the big one. If you read the the, the, the Psalms, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of this kingly language. You're gonna hear a lot of that. And so there was a people who, at one point, were were sitting there and saying, "We need a king." God said, "You, you know, I'm I'm your king. You don't really need this." And then all of a sudden, they're like, "No, we need a king." God gives them a king bad king, then they get David, and so they, they're like, we have we have this man that's after God's own heart, there's all these good things, but then they also see that removed from them, and so there's a constant desire and a look, and you'll see that throughout all the Psalms of, hey, how do we get back to where we have this king? Of course, you know, at the end we'll talk a little bit about the Psalms that point to Jesus, but there's this, this continual push uh, of looking at uh, our God as king. Uh, and so we need to be reminded of that as we're reading the Psalms, that um, that these are, are written for a people that not only have lost their, their temple, their place to worship, but also their king. They're, they're, they're looking for that person in which, and so there's, there's a tie-in and an application for us of being reminded that as well. Um, also in there is our destiny is glory. Um, and then uh, our king is coming. And so it's not leaving us in, in, a, in a hopeless state. It's not leaving us in that. But there's this, this continual push, this continual reminder of all three of these things, that God's our king, our destiny is glory uh, to the Lord, and then our king is coming. Um, any, any thoughts on that or questions? So they, after the exile and then return they never they never had a king again until Jesus correct uh, I think there might have been some like yeah because there were some puppet kings that came on there but then there was like some governors but they, they never had that the Jewish king the Jewish king um, and then you've got like Herod like the, I, I don't want to I don't want to say yes but I don't want to say no either so um, you know that's, that's a good question uh, so as we as we continue on, um, if we look at the, the Psalms, one of the things that we have to be aware of, and this is something that is very difficult for me, is poetic styles. Um, I I remember sitting in English class thinking, this all are just words. Like, I don't understand. Like, uh, I really like math because there's formulas and you know what these mean, but like, there's styles to to words and how this all works, so we're going to, I'm going to try to lead us through some of these, it's going to be fun. Um, so one of the things that you'll see in there is, is simile, um, and that's when you're, you're comparing, or someone is like something, um, and so you see a lot of that, uh, and the, the particular thing, why we need to be aware of some of these poetic styles, 
is because they are they're trying to bring out a characteristic. They're trying to to prove some kind of point or some kind of aspect in which uh, they're doing. So if we see hey someone is like something, well then that that makes us aware. Um, if you you look at each one of these, I think for time's sake, we probably won't be able to look at all of them. But the next to it is that someone, verse 3, is an example of that. Um, metaphor is very similar to simile. Um, you're comparing someone or something without using the word like. Um, and uh, as, we'll just keep going. Then there's hyperbole, uh, which is overstating something to make a point. Um, <coughs> there's... Uh, one of the, the things we need to be particularly aware of with hyperbole is, uh, you know, if, if you're reading a psalm and it sounds, you know, over the top, well, it's not that, that the Lord is saying, oh, you need to do this. It's this is this is making a point here. And so we wouldn't necessarily be taking that literally. It's hyperbole. So there's there's some there's some poetic license. There's some aspects and with with that that we should be aware of um, as we read and try to apply things to our lives. Um, Personification, apply traits of personality or object that can't have personality. Uh, we see that when it talks about the wind, when it talks about um, rivers and all those different things. Um, um, and these, the last two are words that I can't pronounce, which is even worse. Um, and y'all can look and read it off your handout. Um, <laughs> so uh, the, the next one is addressing an inanimate object. Um, so these are like uh, the bones uh, kind of kind of talking or something like that. Um, and then the, this one, I, the guy that I was listening and lecturing uh, on this couldn't even pronounce this word, so I'm not even going to try. But um, this is representing a whole by a part or part by the whole. Um, that, that sounded great. Um, yeah, so I'm sure that there's... I, I miss... I don't know if y'all remember Miss Houghton or not. She was an English teacher and a, and a really good one. And she retired the year before I had would have had her in high school. And I was praising the Lord all the way because I know that my mom would have had me have her for English because she would have taught me English better. But I was thankful I did not. Um, so there's also some structural patterns that it's worth uh, paying attention to uh, in the Psalms uh, in that as we as we look at these different patterns, we don't necessarily see them as clear as we would um, because we're looking at um, this was written originally written in Hebrew uh, and then we've since translated into English. And so, if you think about, um, I don't know if any of y'all have ever traveled overseas and you see people that are you, you hear like a song and it like if you translate it word for word, it messes up the rhythm. Uh, and so. Mark Votato, I think, um, piqued my interest in, he's, you know, he, he's one that can read Hebrew and can see the beauty in it, but he said, basically, when you read uh, the Psalms in English, it's like you can see the bride, but there's a veil in front of her face. So you can still see the beauty, but it, it's, it's somewhat veiled. And so um, this, I think, the poetic styles, I think the structures and patterns go into that, and then just even the, the flow and the rhythm of it um, are all things that in our English we're not fully aware of and fully able to comprehend. But <coughs> um, there's a, a linear pattern. So if we look at it's Psalm 104, verses 27 through 30, you can see that where basically there's a pattern where it, it kind of builds. A, B, C, D is kind of the idea where it just 
there's a, a just nice, you know, and that's kind of how I, I think about life. It's like you start and then you get all the way to the finish. Another one is a parallel pattern. And so what you're going to see in Psalm 100 is there's a point, uh, and then you'll maybe see like B, and then what you'll see is A again, and then you'll see B again, and then you'll see C, and then C again. And so there's, there's this emphasis, there's this, um, <coughs> there's this pattern or structure that the, the writer is using to bring uh, a particular you know, topic to, to the surface or to, to bring it um, a little more to the forefront so that we can, can see it. Uh, and the one that you'll particularly see is, is that in is the symmetrical pattern. Or if any of you have heard of the chiastic structure, a very similar type deal. And basically that's where you, you start with one thing, then you kind of move to the middle, and then the crescendo or the thing that, that makes the, the whole point of it is that, that B or that C, which is in the center. And so you get the first half of it and you get the second half and they're smashed together. And so it, it looks like one thing, but there's two kind of thoughts in there or two like added thoughts together. So that's the focus. That's the, the beginning of it. And then it goes back kind of down the mountain. So you, you think of kind of like a mountaintop thing. Like the book of Mark, uh, many think that that's the way that was written as well. And so like the emphasis is uh, this pushing towards the center and then as, as you come down. And so that's, that's the part to pay attention to. Um, <coughs> if you look at your handout, I, I tried to print that out so that you could see. Um, there, a lot of that is if you would look at that and you'd say, okay, these structures are really great. Uh, I, I would love to be able to see those. How do I see it? If you're like me, you're like, I don't have a hope because what I do is I read them and I think that there's a structure there. And then I find out that actually it wasn't a linear pattern. It was this symmetrical pattern and I was really wrong on it. Um, so there's, there's some really helpful resources out there online. Uh, also, this is from uh, Logos Bible software, and they have a whole like Psalm Explorer. And so what you can do is you can click on a Psalm, and it will tell you up here, hey, this structure here is actually, it's parallelism, uh, and so it also has some other aspects that you see. Here's A, there's a prayer, and then all of a sudden we're talking about enemies, and then all of a sudden we're talking about this, this center section is C, and then B, and then we're back to A again. Uh, and so you can see that there's different ties to the different sections and uh, all kinds of things that are really helpful. Um, and so there, there's, a, there's kind of some different ways in which you can approach the Psalms as you're reading them. If you're just reading through the Bible, you're probably not going to sit down and, and go through these. But if, if you're looking at a Psalm and you're saying, okay, uh, you know, um, how, how, do I, how do I get more out of this? Uh, how do I dig deeper into it? You're definitely going to want to go into the structures. You're going to want to start to uh, to explore some of those things and, and start to understand. And so there are a lot of resources that are out there that are helpful for it, um, that really smart people that have you know are reading the Hebrew. Um, particularly, I think that's where we run into it, is some of these structures are lost in our English. So we wouldn't see them as clearly. The points aren't quite as well. And so that's where commentaries are helpful. That's where these resources are. are. Um, I think it's still really helpful for us to be able to read the Psalms in English, um, but then to, to be able to say, okay, hey, uh, these Psalms, I know, I know enough here to say, I want to dig deeper into this. Um, so if you were writing on a Psalm and making your prayer, it might be one of those ones, hey, I, I want to go, go deeper. There are those, um, and I just wanted to kind of e expose those to you all so you could see that. Um, as, as we go on, um, there are different types of Psalms, and I, I think that helps us to understand... <coughs> when we look at that, there, there's a long list, um, and I've 
given out examples here um, that I borrowed from lots of other people. But there's there's prayers. Uh, we think of David and some of his prayers. There's praises um, offered up to the Lord. There's pleadings and divine intervention or for divine intervention. Um, there's confession of faith. There's uh, penance for sin. We think particularly of David and his sin with Bathsheba uh, and against the Lord. And there's this this idea of uh, hey, this is I've sinned. There's intercession and precatory psalms, which uh, maybe we should pray more for, but we're going to stay away from those in this class. Um, psalms of wisdom, uh, psalms to deal with uh, strange providences, psalms uh, to extol the law of God. Uh, and so as, as we look at all these, um, there are, again, if, like there's psalms explorers, and so like if you were looking, like, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling with my sin. Like I, I'm wrestling with how do I how do I go for a holy God and how do I find um, how do I find that that grace and the mercy in which I know is found in the gospel how do how do I do that Well, the Lord in His in His divine providence took a man after God's own heart and and lowered him, but also allowed him to record the the, the pathways in which he went to find uh, that comfort and resting in the Lord, and so. We can go with him, like we can go through. But I think even on top of that is we're not looking at a sinful man who is saying, this is how I figured out how to do it. We're looking at a man that was inspired by the Holy Spirit or by the Lord through the Holy Spirit to write these things out. And so we can, we can take these to the bank of being, this is, this is how it works. This is what the Lord is doing. Uh, and so as we, as we look at these things, um, not only are we comforted in, hey, you know, here's a here's a guy who's been here with me, but there's also here's a God who's gotten this man through it. Here here's a God who is who's loving on me, who's caring for me, and so there's there's a certain intimacy that's there, and I, I think um, it's one of those ones that oftentimes we forget how just how how helpful the Psalms are, how loving they are, and, and the the realities that. Uh, in those dark nights of the soul, in, in the times in which we are truly lost and, and frustrated and concerned, we can go and, and we can open it up and we can read about uh, how other people prayed during those seasons. Uh, there's also seasons where we're, we're praising. It's like, I want to praise the Lord better. Like, how, how, do, I, how do I do this? Well, there's, there's, there's psalms of praise. You know, when we go to open a worship service, one of the things that we like to use particularly our psalms, that call us, like there's a literal call to worship. Uh, and so there's a piece where, as we read those, we want to, to call, um, be called in to, to worship. Well, in our own, you know, as we, as we look at those, we can, we can read those. Um, it's harder to do a, you know, a, a congregational reading with yourself. But, um, yeah, that was a joke. But anyways, uh, so as we, as we go on, um, what... Um, just a, a few things to be aware of. Uh, when you see the word enemy uh, in the Psalms, whose enemy are, are we reading about? Uh, I think this, I was reading about this, and it was particularly helpful to think. Any y'all ever thought about that? Because there's a lot about enemies, and particularly in precatory Psalms and some of those things. A lot of times we think about Saul, if it's, if it's a, a David Psalm. Yeah. I think one of the, the things that I, I'm trying to point out is if we read the Psalms, should we think of an individual that is an enemy against us? That, that's probably the wrong way to interpret reading of Psalms. When we, when we think about the enemies, uh, the enemy here, we're thinking of enemies against the Lord. 
Uh, so those that are sinning against the Lord, those that are that are that are um, detracting from God's glory, those that are uh, trying to you know destroy God's people or the Anointed One, all of those different aspects. Um, and so we we should be careful not to necessarily. Um, think of a bad boss uh, that, that maybe uh, corrected us in a way in which we didn't like or something like that and all of a sudden be thinking, others oh, their enemy, this psalm is written about them. Um, so just, just a word of caution. One of the other things that you'll run into is this word Selah. They don't really understand what it, it's there for. Um, the, 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 the understanding is basically it means to pause and, re and to reflect. Um, one of our children is named Selah. Uh, and some people pronounce it sila, um, but basically it's it's like a breathing mark. Uh, and so as you're reading the Psalms, a lot of times you'll see those and you'll just disregard them, but they're there for our good. They're there for, they're part of the scripture in which when you read it and you read that, you can actually read it or you can just look at it. But there's a point in which it, it's, it's telling you to slow down. It's telling you to take a minute and to reflect upon what you just read. There's a reason why you should just stop for a second let that marinate in, and before you move on to the next session, pause and reflect, to meditate, to think about it, to, to let these things sink in uh, as you go. Uh, and so I, I'll, I'll leave that there in that, and I'm not saying that I do that every time, but those are what those are for. Um, and so as we kind of wrap things up with Psalms, how do we see uh, Jesus in the Psalms? The Messianic Psalms, there are a whole bunch of them there. Uh, as we come uh, to the uh, Holy Week that's coming up, uh, if you read Psalm 22, uh, it's, it's very clear uh, who it's being talking about. When it's talking about you know, bones and not being broken, and, you know, it's like, and Jesus is quoting these. And so there's, there's all kinds of tie-ins, there's all kinds of, of, um, of, of quotes, there's all kinds of psalms that have been sung by the disciples. So there's... There's these huge amounts of connections, particularly with the Psalms, and that goes back to, again, there's this desire for a king. Well, David's not going to be the king in which they're really wanting. There's this, this play on the true and, and the better David, the, the Jesus, you know, Christ as we go there. Um, so that, that's kind of Psalms in a, in a very fast nugget shell. Any, any other thoughts, any other um, experiences or anything that you... I just was reading in Table Talk this week how um, Jesus used a lot of hyperboles. Yeah. He would say things that sounded really like real strong, like maybe even a little bit out there, but he was just trying to make a point. Yeah. Sometimes people would look at that and say, well, you're exaggerating things. You know, like I think David at one point <clears throat> says that, you know, I cried so much that, that my, my bed began to float. You know, it's like, well, clearly that wasn't that wasn't you know what happened there. Um, if so, it was a very small bed in a very small area. But um, like, but there's this idea of like, no, I, I'm trying to communicate. There's that there's that overflow of it, and, it, and it's hard because when we want to look at the scriptures, we want to be very clear, very precise. But the Psalms, I think it, it's again, I go back to I really like math because it makes sense. I, I can understand. I can plug stuff into a formula. I, I get it all out. Statistics, I still don't like because that's the, the opposite of it. But <laughs> when you get to, to English, it's like, well, there's there's this there's beauty in it. There's these different things. And, and oftentimes realizing it's like, it's not only that 
that God is, is trying to communicate something, he's doing it in a beautiful way, in which reveals himself in a way in which um, I might not understand, but others might. Uh, I think, you know, even when we think about different worship styles and you know, different way, ways of music, uh, there, there was, because it was written over such a long period of time, <clears throat> so many different audiences, there's going to be a different flow and a different feel to it, where, uh, you know, there's times in which I will read a psalm, and it, it means the world to me. It's the thing that got me through the next day, the next minute, the next hour type deal. Uh, and then later in life I can read it and be like, I, I remember that. I remember the sweetness and the beauty of it, but that's not, that's not doing it for me today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm thankful that a lot of um, the, the musicians and worship leaders and such uh, are, are trying to, to make the Psalms uh, more, you know, uh, where we can available to us to be able to re- listen to, to be able to memorize. And I think those are you know great encouragements for us to have uh, playing in the background for our families to listen to and to for our children to hear and for us just to even continually again the purpose of the Psalms is you know in that that first um, Psalm one where it talks about to meditate. If you the only way to meditate on something is if it's constantly in there. If it's only there when we read it and then we finish, uh, we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time meditating on it or or delighting in it. We're we're just checking the box and moving on. What are some um, <clears throat> totally get what you're saying there and, and agree, uh, but personally, like what you said, start off with. I haven't found Psalms to be the most beneficial books. Personally, yeah. Um, I read them. I kind of understand them, but uh, maybe that says something about about me. But um, you know, I'm more. I like something that's that's pretty straightforward. With Psalms, you you know, it's trying to figure out what it's saying. Are there resources for that? Um, what are what are some resources that you found be helpful um, to to make it more clear or anybody else? Um, yeah. On that, because like I, you know. I get all that, but it's, it's it's still a challenge for me to read it and actually. Yeah, um, Mark Hurtado's got a couple books. There's one where he basically dissects, like, hey, this is the Book of Psalms, or you know, the, the five books. Here are the different things in it. That's where a lot of that, um, mm-hmm. the different structures, and he gives examples, and, and that 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 really like helped my like you know engineering or whatever brain say, oh, I really like this. Um, I, I think that there are seasons and places in, in life where it's like, James really speaks to me. I really like James. Like, it's great. And we're about to talk about Proverbs. And it's like, I, I love living in Proverbs. Um, but the idea of, of Psalms is like, it's like I went to the orchestra or the symphony. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't do this. Like, um, with string in, instruments, like I, I, I try really hard not to, to touch instruments because people don't like it. But um, So I, I don't know if there's any other... I think for me, for Psalms, um, and this fits well with Proverbs too, um, they're not books that I can like blast through. Like, I can't I can't sit down and read like six Psalms. Like, you know, just, so for me, having it in a, in a balanced kind of format where I'm getting like reading maybe one a day, yeah. and then maybe trying to go back and read it again, that, that's been helpful because um, uh, I'll, I'll see more things in it that way. Then I will try to like you know like Romans. You can sit down and read through Romans. Yeah. And, I mean it's beneficial to keep doing that. You know, but the, but my point is is just I can't I can't power through even like Psalm 100. I can't read 
you know, the whole thing at one time. So. Yeah. The other. I, I think go if we went back. I don't know if I can go back. So. Okay, someone can um, if, if you look at some of these two, you're like, well, you know, in in my personal walk, I'm struggling in these areas. And if, if you went and you looked and said, okay, I want to look at a psalm. I, I want to have a psalm. You know, I want to work more towards wisdom. I, you know, maybe my, my sin. I, I'm not seeing it as clearly. <clears throat> or even, I, you know, I, I want to I want to write through one of my prayers, like you were mentioning. Like those are those are really helpful to go back and look at and say, okay, I'm I'm just gonna. Uh, I think John Piper. One of the things he says when he looks at a scripture, he doesn't really, or like in his morning reading, he does he doesn't read. Uh, just to to get finished, that while that's part of it, he he says that he goes to mine the riches of the word, and so he will he will look until he finds the gems, uh, which uh, I, he's got a different mind than I because sometimes I'll look at it and I'm like I just this is not there, um, and so I think that's okay. Like it's like I, I spent an hour maybe. Like I'd like to think that I spent an hour, but. Um, but there's those times in which it's like it's just not clicking. So you know, but I think with the Psalms, um, some of it is circumstance um, in the, the aspects of, of in seasons of life, in suffering, and those different things. Um, you know, and just the the idea of of I, I think the older I get, the more I want to be in the Psalms. But at the same time, when when I'm um, and I want to be careful here of like when things are easy and comfortable. The Psalms are one of the last things that I go to, um, and those are seasons in life where it's like okay, um, and then when 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 I feel like I can't make it and I can't get out of bed, and I need something to to get me there, um, the Psalms all of a sudden come back into mind, and it's like oh thank you Lord for this again, and so um, I think there's a realization that you know even if you look at like the imprecatory Psalms, they're in there for some reason, like the Lord has just put that. We're as a nation not in a point where we're like worried about being conquered. Maybe we should be. I don't. But we're not. Like so, there's different seasons for each. You know, each person, each individual, each family. And so, you know, if you know, I'm trying to dance around the the, the way here, Jack. But in the event like you're not reading the Psalms and it's not very rich to you, it could be because that's just not the season of life you're in. And focus more on Romans. I, I mean, that's like there's not. I I don't think you're less of a Christian if you know. Or, or you're, you're, you need to be reading praise psalms and not psalms of, of um, pre imprecatory psalms yeah. or, or whatever. So maybe focusing on certain sections, but I do want to be a better student of the psalms. Yeah. So. And, and I, I think that should be our desire for, for both of these books of the wisdom. Um, in particular, like we didn't talk about lament. Like these are just, hey, here, here are you know, ten types that are, you know, somebody came up with that I, that I helped um, bring to you all. But realizing that there are different variations of these there's you know there's 150 and there's not 150 listed up there so there's all kinds of different ones that we can talk about um, so proverbs um, if we look at proverbs uh, the title is pretty easy uh, it's derived from the the book's uh, opening <coughs> phrase in proverbs 1 1 um, one of, one of the things that uh, we're confronted with at first is Solomon wrote a bunch of the Proverbs, uh, <clears throat> but on like the scale of like men that I want to model my life after, uh, is, is, is uh, Solomon one of those guys? Uh, and if not, 
am I still good to read the Psalms or the Proverbs and, and be okay with it? What, what would y'all say to that? Yes. And they're not his words. They're not his. Well, they are, but they're not. Like yeah. so. So there's it's an instrument. There's an instrument. There, there's a certain aspect in which <coughs> if somebody does something really bad, I mean, like David, like he his sin against Bathsheba uh, and to the Lord was was really rough, but. I'm not just gonna like not read those psalms because he messed up. It's like he's he's learning and he was a really wise man in it. Um, so there there's an aspect there. I think one of the things that we hear too is oftentimes there are proverbs in which we learn. Um, uh, I think one of the ones like a, a stitch in time saves nine, you know, down the line or something like that. Like there's there's different proverbs, and what's the difference between the proverbs that are you know derived from life versus the the proverbs that are given to us um, in the book of Proverbs? What how do we dis- delineate the two? Inspired by God and not inspired by God. Yeah, like I I learned this because a season of life versus God is prescribing this on me. Like God has used Solomon, and yes, He taught him through these different things or gave him these wisdoms. But the the huge difference is uh, one is uh, one is from the Lord, and one's I I just made this up myself. And it might be true, and it might be good, but um, we're going to go with God's word being better. Um, So the purpose of them is to impart wisdom. Uh, there's some very huge similarities between uh, the words that are using, used using, uh, used for um, for knowledge and for wisdom in Psalm one and Psalm two. <coughs> so there, there's a definite tie of like, hey, this is this is wisdom literature. There, there's a point for it. There's a reason for it. Um, and the, the really the beginning of of um, Proverbs one verse seven says in here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom instruction. And then later in Psalm or in Proverbs 15, verse 30, 33, it says, The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. The humility comes before honor. Uh, so there's there's this huge understanding of when you put your place, you put yourself in the right perspective looking at the Lord, is when you start to begin to understand who the Lord is and He starts to impart His knowledge to you. Uh, and so as you're looking at these Proverbs, that's, that's the posture in which you have. Is these are a gift from the Lord to me, not for me to try and manipulate, not for me to try and, and find my way around, but to look at and say, okay, these are, these are useful for my life. These are there. One of the things that I, I like particularly about those, the Proverbs, but I also dislike, is there is no middle ground. Uh, like it is, it is black and white. Um, and, and it makes people uncomfortable because we like to live in a very, like, well, you know, can I just be in the in the center? Like when we talk about laziness in the Psalms, or in the proverb in Proverbs, it's very clear. Either you work hard, or you don't, and you're you're a lazy sluggard. Like there's no like, well, I kind of worked, um, so I, I'm in the middle. That that works, right? It's like no, that that's not how how the Proverbs would describe it. Um, so as we as we look at some of the organization. Um, you could read a bunch of different books, and you could find a bunch of different organizational ways, but uh, here's one that I found was helpful, um, that basically is, is split up into five different kind of sections, which kind of fits with some of the other themes. Uh, the first one is that Solomon uh, wrote these, uh, and then there's the Proverbs of Solomon, uh, and then as you move on, there's the words of the wise, uh, so it's not necessarily uh, ones of Solomon anymore, uh, and then there's 
a section in there, 25 through 29, where it talks about, um, in, in a different season of, of Israel's history, uh, they were asked, I think it was during Hezekiah's time, they were asked together these different uh, these different proverbs together. They were they were there. There's this oral tradition. Not everything was written down, and so it's like, hey, all these all these things are here. Let's let's gather them together uh, and to help explain these things. But then there's also uh, some some other people in there that we don't we don't even know who these people are. Um, but that's where we get our proverbs 31 uh, and, and different things from. Um, going here. So if we look at that, a lot of these were written from 950 to 900 during Solomon's reign, but then there's also uh, this, this part in there where Hezekiah asked to collect it. So we're looking at 950 to 700 BC. So again, we're, we're looking at you know almost almost 250 years of, of, of life in which you know there, there's things that are going on. Uh, interestingly enough, I think it's worth noting that there's nothing new under the sun. Like the things that were written in nine, you know, twenty-three BC, were still ap- were applicable, but they're also applicable to us even now. Um, they're still they're still dealing with uh, the same same ideas and, and principles. Uh, there are different styles. Uh, for time's sake, we're, we'll let you squint and, and read your handout there. Um, but there are these. One of the things that I think it's worth noting is. Sometimes there's these ones that just don't make a whole lot of sense. It's like, okay, they're just throwing, it's like, it's like somebody took one of those calendars with like the thought of the day on it and they like had a big pile of them and they just smooshed it together and then you stapled it and said, here's, here's a book. Uh, and then other ones, it's like, oh, let's, let's put some of these together so we can understand the fool better. Uh, and so there's, they're clustered together. Um, if we think about the different topics that are there, uh, there's, again, this is a lot like the Psalms, is there's, there's a tremendous amount, like if you wanted to look and find, hey, what does the Lord say about uh, wealth? What does the Lord say about love, pleasure, all these different things? Um, there, there's a particular helpful way in which you can look and pull these different things out um, uh, for wisdom on, on how to live. Um, one of the, the ways in which the, the Proverbs are, are used is there's a contrast um, between God and man, time and eternity, all, the, all those things that are lifted there. But again, there's this, this black and white, there's this back and forth of, hey, this is how it works. And so as you're reading, you're, you're understanding that there's a contrast being made here between the way of the wise, the way of the fool, all these different um, aspects. Um, there's uh, also the, the social... Relations there, um, I, you know, when I was a D group leader with with the youth, it was really helpful to go to the proverbs and, and go through. You know, because some of the guys wanted to, you know, well, you know, is it okay if I have these kind of thoughts? It's like, well, let's go to the proverbs and let's see what let's see what those thoughts, uh, what the Lord thinks of those thoughts. And you know, like, so is it saying saying this? It's like just read it. Like you don't you don't really. There's no like middle ground here. Like you don't have to. You don't have to overthink this. Just read it and, and pray the Lord opens your eyes to it. So um, I, I think that still holds true for me today, that I should probably do that more often. Um, but then there's also there's different um, pictures of, of different people there. Uh, you'll, you'll learn a lot about the fool, the, the cheerful, the, the false boaster, the backbiter. Uh, you know, a lot of you know, our church has 
uh, and is still wrestling with some of these different things of how do we how do we handle these different things as, as we're going forward um, in life how do we hold each other accountable but also how do we how do we encourage each other to, to not be the talkative fool uh, that's one that I particularly wrestle with over and over again is uh, how do I how do I listen to other people instead of just talk over them um, so um, for Proverbs in the New Testament Proverbs um, is referenced about 12 different times. There's 12 direct allusions uh, that are listed there, uh, but also in there. Um, when we're looking for Jesus in the Proverbs, we see that um, that Jesus is wisdom. Uh, he is uh, the wisdom that has come down to us. He is the Word, and so there's a certain aspect as we're as we're studying the wisdom, as we're reading the Psalms, as we're um, as we're meditating on these things, we're meditating on the Lord. Uh, we're, we're being changed and we're being shaped by, by the Son of Man, uh, the Son of God, who has come to, to save us and to intercede for us. And so he, he has ordained these things. The same words that are the same person who said these things is the same one that is holding together everything in this universe by the power of his word. And so there's a certain weight and understanding that both Proverbs and the Psalms have uh, that we should look to and say, okay, you know, these are these are not just some, you know, meme that that the Lord put together. These are actually helpful and useful for us. Um, but then there's some even some direct kind of references to to seeing Christ in Proverbs eight and twenty three and then thirty. Um, so, with that, we're gonna we're gonna end our our survey of the Old Testament. Any any questions? Any other thoughts as we come to an end? One thing I'm, I found helpful with Proverbs is there's 31 of them, mm-hmm. and so you can do one a day for a while. Type of a thing. It's not in Proverbs, but there is a proverb of a, a proverb a day will keep the devil away. Type. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works, but.